Amen. I get the privilege of doing the hard session after everybody's eaten and they want to go to sleep. Um, <clears throat> can I have a bucket? Want a bucket? You might need it later. Uh, it needs to be empty. <laughs> Isn't God good? Haven't you enjoyed this morning? Do you want to get saved all over again? <laughs> what I'd like to do just for <clears throat> a few minutes, just to um, bring us back from the lunch head and the lunch belly into the presence of God. Because um, he's always here. It's us that need to step back into that place, isn't it? Step back in and uh, have the awareness that he's not only in us, but he's upon us. And so I'd like us to, to stand together. <clears throat> Time do I finish? Six? And I want us just, three, excellent. I just want us to focus on, um, I believe that when the presence of God is here, there's, there's a, the sound of heaven comes. And when the sound of heaven comes, we, we become the harmony with the sound of heaven, with the heart of God. So we don't need the, the music at the moment. We just need a, the sound. There's a sound within each one of us, which is worship. There's a sound within us that, that blends in and becomes harmonious with the, the sound of heaven, with the sound of, of uh, the atmosphere of the presence of God. And what I would like us to do is to begin to release that sound just for a few minutes, just to bring us into line with the presence of God again. So within you is a sound. You don't need any words. There's a sound within you, and I want you just to start to, to sing that sound within you. So it's just a matter of releasing it. I know for some of you this will be a very new thing. And that's good. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So I want us just to begin to release that sign. Just for a minute or two. Just to come into that place. And just to worship from our spirit. Not from our mind. Just from our spirit. Spirit unto spirit. Deep unto deep. Okay. Let's just do that. He Just let it rise within you. She Let 
don't worship, don't listen to anyone beside you. Just let that sound rise from your heart onto the Lord and just begin to listen with your ears to the symphony. of the Lord you begin to feel his presence you begin to feel his presence as you worship him and just that sign that unites with the sign of heaven you begin to feel the spirit of the Lord just come upon you and move upon you and that Holy Spirit is the, the spirit that says whereby by this spirit we cry Abba Father we cry Daddy hope Daddy, and by that same spirit, we become healed, we become delivered, we become set free. By that same spirit, we step out of the orphan heart into the spirit of adoption, where we become sons and daughters. In that place where we release that sound, in that place where we come with no other agenda but to worship, that is the place where He comes and where he engages with each one of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes. Let that just rise within you. I was reading uh, something yesterday that a guy said and I thought I'd bring it today Um, it's Isaiah 55 and the Lord says come all you who are thirsty so is anybody thirsty here for more is anybody hungry come come there's an activation that has to be put in place. If you want to drink and you want to feast, you've got to come. You can't just stay where you are and, and listen. You've got to come into that place of presence. And if none of you have ever done that before about how to enter in 
Just stand before the Lord open hearted because you got nothing else to give him. He has everything that he needs. But he wants our love and our worship. So come into that place. Just put your arms out. Close your eyes and just begin to let the sound of heaven rise from your heart to his heart. And just watch what he does with your life. It's awesome. Come. All who are thirsty, come to the waters. You have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Come. He says, come to the waters and drink. Not come to the waters and sink. It just hit me yesterday. This We were laughing about it, but I'm like, it's such a profound statement that we're to come to the waters and not think about it. Oh, they look nice. That looks, that looks cozy. Oh, there's people swimming in there. Oh, I'd like to swim in there. Hmm. Yeah, that looks good. Yep, it looks good. Tomorrow it'll look good as well. For the next 40 years it'll look good. But the Lord says, don't come and think about it. Come and drink of it. Come and step into those waters. The song from the, the Bethel group, it says, I'm walking further and further from the shore to a place I've never been before. And whatever comes and whatever's been, it doesn't matter. I just know that you're with me. And I just want the waves to crash over me. To crash over me because I'm standing in a place that I've never been before, but it's more beautiful. It's more beautiful than I could ever imagine. And the presence of the Lord, that, that place where he dwells, is so intoxicating that when you learn how to go there you will never want to come back so today I want to invite you to come to the waters come to his waters, his presence, his Holy Spirit not ours, yours it's your Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit within you he wants to talk to you and he wants to engage with you and he wants to love on you and he wants to reveal things to you and he wants to talk to you it says in the Song of Songs that, that I want to hide you in the cleft of the rock because your face is beautiful to me. He says, show me your face. Not the face of the speaker, but your face. Your face. Your face. Show me your face. Speak to me. Why? Because your face is beautiful to me and your voice is sweet. He loves you so much. Come to the waters and drink. So my message today to you is about not being an orphan. We've got too many orphans in this world. We've got a whole pile more now in Nepal. Isn't that horrendous? They reckon the death toll is going to be over 14,000. There's not even anywhere in our understanding for that, is there? Generations just wiped out grandmothers, grandfathers, fathers, mothers, children grandchildren obliterated, just gone forever generations that should have had inheritance and legacy just taken who's ever heard the the expression in church your life is like an onion You peel off a layer and there's another layer. <sighs> it's not so depressing, <laughs> isn't it? I'm here to tell you that God says to you today, you're not an onion. You're not an onion. You're the redeemed of the Lord. Everything in your life has been paid for. 
You can walk free. Do you know what? I don't like being away out here. I like getting in here where I can see people in. Excuse me, I'm going to kick my Bible. You can stone me later. <clears throat> You're not an onion. Because when you peel an onion down to the bottom, what's left? Nothing. It just keeps on peeling until there's absolutely nothing left. But God doesn't want to take you to a place of nothing. He wants to build you up. He wants to call out in you the destiny that he wrote about you. Before you were even born, Psalm 139 says that, that before you even took your first breath, God wrote a journal about you. In his great big library, there's a book that says Sharon McClelland, life story, destiny, victories, accomplishments. Before each of you took your first breath, God wrote in his book concerning you. Every day, he journaled your life. He wrote his plans and his purposes, his dreams over you. The things that he has put within you, the giftings that he has put within you, that some of you have yet to even realize. This lady down here in the purple scarf, yeah? When I was in, uh, just preparing before the Lord, he showed me your face. And I've been looking for you as I've been talking. Showed me your face. And, and I saw you um, walking on uh, really rocky, stony ground. And it was uh, like, um, we live near the forest and they, they burn the brush there. You know, they, and it's just like this dead brush. And I saw you like walking through this like part of the forest that had all been burned. And you had this big umbrella over you and the clouds were just pouring down upon you and, and it was a very isolated place and it was a, a long road it was a, a tough road and I saw the Lord come and he transported you he lifted you and he transported you to this green meadow this beautiful, beautiful meadow and the umbrella over you that you were holding this umbrella became the everlasting arms of the Father and he says that he has overshadowed you and that he holds you in that place and the place of the, the wilderness has ended and he is bringing you out into a place that is lush a place that is plentiful a place where you're going to know the presence of God in encounter in a new way in your life and I really believe that this is a season where you are going to encounter God in a, a very deep, deep way um, I think there are things in your life that you've been longing for that you see in other people and revelation of the word that you have heard in other people and I believe that this is your season that God is it's like this umbrella it's like transparent and you can see and it's like this just open heaven between you and the Lord and that he's going to begin to just download things to you like real things that you've been waiting on him for he's going to begin to speak to you in the, in the quiet place so I bless you with that you're not an onion Romans 8 says those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear but you received the spirit of sonship and by him we cry Abba, Daddy, Father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of God co-heirs with Christ if 
If you are a child of God, you are an automatic heir. An heir of God and an heir with Christ. I think that's so powerful. If you're born again, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus and you're born again of the Spirit of God, are you led by the Spirit of God? Hands up who knows the leading of the Spirit of God. If you are born again, does the Spirit of God live within you? So, you have the Spirit of God within you. And the Bible tells me that if the Spirit of God is within you, then you are sons and daughters of God. That you are led by the Spirit. That you can hear the voice of God. That you can see what God is doing. You have that same Spirit within you that rose Jesus from the dead. Yes? The Bible says that the Spirit of Sonship, the Spirit of Sonship comes to dwell within you. So it's not just the Holy Spirit, but it's actually the Spirit of God comes within you and it brings you into Sonship. So you step out of being just, I step out of being just Sharon McClelland, born of Margaret and Ernest Williamson, into Sharon McClelland. But the DNA, the very blood of Jesus Christ flows through my veins. His DNA is within me. I am in the natural born of, but in the spirit, my actual natural DNA gets transformed into the DNA of Jesus Christ. It says that we become like him in everything. We become like him. His DNA flows through my veins. His blood flows through my veins. I am a son, daughter of the living God, which means all that is in him is in me. All that I got of my natural parents' DNA, I now get of the Holy Spirit's DNA, which is the spirit of Jesus Christ. Yeah? So, I am no longer a slave to what was put upon me as a child to the words and the discouragements or um, anything, my failures. But I'm not that person anymore. I am, carry the DNA, supernatural DNA. So therefore I'm a supernatural person walking in supernatural lifestyle with the DNA of Christ in me. You have that same DNA. Can I hear a hallelujah? Do you get that? Do you understand that you're not an orphan? We had a a young girl came to live with us. And she's lived with us for five years. Her name was Gemma. And she was a a hardcore girl. (laughs) And... Gemma had all the same privileges as our own children. She wasn't adopted. She was just part of our household for five years. She had all the same. If it was her birthday, she got the same type of gifts as our children. There was no expense spared. She always got... It was as if if someone had come in that didn't know, they would just have thought she was another daughter. Same at Christmas. Went on holidays. 
exactly the same. But if something had happened to Andy and myself, would Gemma have been entitled to any of our inheritance? No. Why? She wasn't adopted. She didn't carry our name. If we had adopted her and she took on our name, she would have been entitled to all the same privileges of inheritance as our own bloodline children. When we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we step over a line of being not of God's family, but having some of the privileges, because I know that before I knew Jesus, he answered some of my prayers, because he was always my father. I just hadn't become a child of his. He's always, when we look at the world and people that don't know him, it doesn't mean that he's not their daddy. He's still their daddy. It's our job to introduce them to their father. So when, when we come into relationship with, with Jesus, he becomes our brother. Our brother by blood. His blood. It's a, it's a contract written in blood. It's like Christina said last night. When, when Jesus died on the cross, he died. He didn't ask us for permission. He didn't ask us if we would like it. He didn't ask us if we were going to say yes. But when he died on the cross, he walked through that line of blood, his own line of blood, with fire. And he made it possible for us to come into a covenant relationship with him that takes us from being just Sharon McClellan, son of Margaret and Ernie, daughter of Margaret and Ernie, into daughter of Yahweh, sister of Jesus Christ, and the same DNA of Holy Spirit pumping through my veins. That's what I got, guys. That's what you've got. That's what you've got. And the reason that we emphasize so much about being in the presence of Holy Spirit is because you want the increase of that in your life day by day by day by day so that we become more and more and more like him. I want to become less and less and less like the person I was and I want to become more and more and more like my family in here. I want to become like this because he says I already am. He sees me as perfect. He sees you through the eyes of eternity. He sees you done, completed. But we've got to walk the journey because it's in the journey that the victories are won that conform us, that transform us into the image of the family that we have been adopted into. Yeah? Do you get it? Is it exciting? Will we just go home now? Have we got it? Yeah? I don't know where I am in my notes. It doesn't really matter. Daddy, daddy, da. My story. I'll tell you a very brief, a brief history. Uh, my father was a private detective 
<clears throat> in the harbour police in Belfast, which kind of made him a hard man. You know, he was very unemotional, except when he hit you or other things. He was an abusive man. He was an abusive father. He was a very distant father. Um, so I grew up uh, in church. I was part of a, brought up in the very strict Baptist church where girls don't wear makeup, you don't get your hair cut, you don't wear jeans, trousers. Oh my gosh. And um, I've broken all those rules. I broke them by the age of six. So um, in my father's eyes, I was always a rebel anyway. But my mom was such a lovely woman. She loved the Lord, but she was very controlled, very dominated, very abused by my dad. If you'd met us, we were just the perfect Baptist family. Happy, smiley, go lucky, and you know, everything's okay in the kingdom. But at home, it was a very different story. You know, I was continuously uh, affirmed that I was ugly and that no one would ever want me and that I didn't have a voice and no one, I didn't have an opinion that was worth listening to and, and that I wouldn't live long enough to get married and all these things. And so I grew up with a very negative, very, very negative viewpoint of who I was. I, I actually really didn't like who I was. I, I hated who I was. There were times in my life where I contemplated not being here anymore and I really believed that it was the grace of God in my life through my mom that actually I'm still here today. Um, so I grew up a very angry teenager. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12 years old at a missionary camp where the Lord told me that I was going to go to Asia and I was going to touch lives in Asia and see fires burning in Asia. That is on its way. But by the time I was 13, 14, I'd become such an angry person to, I think, um, it's, it's like this, you know, if I'm angry, you'll not come near me. If I pretend to be the big person, like, why would you ever come near me? Do you know what I mean? I'm bigger than you. I'm tougher than you. I don't need anybody. Huh. And that was my attitude. And people thought I was hard and tough. And, but inside, I just desperately wanted somebody to believe in me. I really did. I wanted somebody to tell me that I was pretty. I wanted somebody to tell me that when I left school that I would be able to do something that meant something. I wanted somebody to be my friend. People were scared to be my friends because of my dad. So I was really lonely. And I became a bad girl to deal with what I couldn't cope with. <clears throat> My, late in my 19th year I met some people that used to meet in this little tin shack we used to call it the tin tabernacle it was literally a tin hut like a shed and we used to meet there these, these guys and <coughs> it was a bible study and I went in I was into kind of witchcraft and stuff at the time so I used to, I used to think I'll go and disrupt them all you know see what these Christians are really about because I'd been in the church I didn't like, because to me, my family represented God. So I'm like, I didn't really have a lot of time for God. And yet I knew in my heart, I knew, because he made a covenant with me when I was 12. And I said yes. And he pursued me, and he pursued my heart 
through all those years of rebellion, he pursued my heart. And when I was 19 years old, he grasped it with both hands and never let it go again. And by the time I was 19, I knew that if I didn't surrender my life to Jesus Christ, that it was almost like my last chance, you know. I felt like there wasn't going to be another opportunity. And so I gave my life to Jesus fully when I was 19 years of age. And from that point, I have walked a walk of learning what it is to be a daughter. What it is to to be a daughter of the king rather than a daughter of an abusive father. Every time I heard the name father mentioned uh, when someone was speaking, I, I love Jesus. Jesus was amazing. He died for me. He loved me. He was there for me. But as soon as somebody said, oh, God is my father, I'm like, don't you dare call him father. He is not like that. He is pure and holy and mighty. He's not like abusive and condescending and aggressive. And I remember when I was at theological college, the principal spoke about father. And I said this in class, don't call him father. And he said, Sharon, I think we need to talk. And I'm like, well, talk then. Because I still had the attitude. Talk then. And he said, no, I think we'll talk afterwards. And I'm like, I'm not scared of you talking. You talk away. I'm listening. I don't need another father. I need a God. And I need Jesus. And he began to talk about what it meant for God to be my father. And what the identity of the Father. And that he reached down. And that he actually gave the very most precious thing that he ever had. So that I could feel free. And I could walk in freedom. And I could be loved and express love. And that was the beginning of my journey. And it has taken me a lot of years. My father died last September. 86 years of age. And I can honestly say that I loved him with all of my heart. That I was able to stand and forgive him with all of my heart many years ago. Many, many years ago. And the Bible says that whose sins you forgive are forgiven. So I know that the things that my father did against me and did to me will never be held against him. Why? Because of the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. The Bible says whose sins you hold will be held against them. But whose sins you release will not be held against them. So part of today, I'd like you to take time and think about the things that that maybe you are holding offense at and resentment for that need people need to be released from from you because you know they probably don't even remember about it they probably have no recollection that they've even hurt you or that you still feel that way the only person that you damage is you the only person that you block from coming near you is the Holy Spirit the very one that can set you free
Mm. I know that for me, you know, the what it did for me growing up was it gave me a real hard heart that I could switch my emotions off and feel nothing very quickly and the one thing that the encounters with the Holy Spirit has done for me is that he's given me a heart like a marshmallow I'm just looking at this he's done a heart he's given me a heart like a marshmallow you know it's it just melts at the first sign of heat. <laughs> as soon as God comes near me, I melt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm overdone, un- overdone, overwhelmed, <laughs> undone. <laughs> My heart is so sensitive now to the presence of God that. <laughs> It's a pleasure, it's a delight to know that I am no longer (laughs) what this was, but I am all of this and more. I am a supernatural being. I have the power to heal the sick. I have the power to raise the dead. I have the power over demons. I have the power to bring people to Jesus. That's who I am. So I want you to say after me, I am powerful. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. That means that I have stepped away from all the negativity of my past. From the hurt and the pain. And I have been taken into the family of Yahweh he is my father Jesus is my brother and I am an heir with him I am filled with the Holy Spirit for me and I have the Holy Spirit upon me for others I have the power to raise the dead to cast out demons to heal the sick to lead people to Jesus and see them brought from darkness into light from having a heart of an orphan to being a child of the king hallelujah that is who you are we build up walls around us. God does not want walls around our heart. Our walls are our choices. People say, oh, just I've got to protect him. No. The Lord says, I want all of you. What can he fill? He can only fill what we give. He can only fill what we give. This bottle represents your life. before you know Jesus it's full of you unfortunately after knowing Jesus some lives are still full of them but today God wants you to take the lid off excuse me
come and drink, don't think. How much of, of this bottle can the Holy Spirit fill? Just the top bit. How can he get into the rest? Pour it out. So if I pour out, I surrender all. I surrender all. How much can he fill? Ooh, it's getting exciting because there's half of him and half of me. And if there's half of him and half of me, who usually wins? We do, don't we? It's the battle of the flesh over the spirit. So what do we need to do? We need to pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. I normally just do this on the carpet, but I thought I'd be. Pour it out. All of you, none of me. All of you, none of me. How much can he fill now? Three quarters. So do you think this bottle starts to look a bit more like Jesus? Is there more of his DNA in here? Is there more power? Is there more healing? Is there more deliverance? Hallelujah. And he says, if you do not deny me and take up your cross and follow me, You're not worthy of me. So we need to empty ourselves of the stuff in us that stops us being filled. You're still here. This is still you. Because he loves you as you are. But he wants you to pour out the stuff that stops you from letting him fill every part of you your understanding, your heart, your ways, your thoughts. That is where we need to take captive. By taking captive, we pour it out. We give it over and we release it and we let it go. I don't want to be a captive to anything that stops or blocks me being filled with the Spirit of the Lord. I know I want to be so full. I heard it was like Heidi Baker and and there's a guy in the Bible, I think it's Peter, who, whenever he walks down the street, people are just healed because of the presence of God upon him. I want to be able to walk past Micah, not even touch him, and him get out of that chair. That's what I want. I want to see what I read in here, manifested in here, in my life, I am not, nor are you, this person. You're not an onion where God is peeling back a layer at a time. He didn't die on the cross a layer at a time. He died. He poured out his blood. He came through it with fire. And he transformed you and put you in a place of power, not weakness. It's called being a son and a daughter. It's called being adopted out of one family into another. He's given you a new name. He's given you a new identity. You're no longer the do's and don'ts of people's opinions or their behavior. You are the opinion of God. You are who he says you are. You are powerful to the pulling down of strongholds.
you're powerful to walk into your community and transform it by your presence because the presence of the Almighty rests upon you. You can transform your workplace. You can transform your school. You can transform your family. Families are tough because they know you better than anybody else. But you can transform. How do you transform? You be like Jesus. You choose to love. You choose to love. We can do all the stuff, but if we don't love, we have nothing. As we empty who we are, we get filled up with the DNA of Christ. And what was he all about? Love. Love never fails. Love looks like sacrifice. Love looks like risk. Love. Love, love. So I want to just take you through a little checklist for your heart. Have a think about these things. Do you still have some hardness in your heart that you need to pour out before the Lord? Do you keep people at a distance? Do you often defend yourself when people speak about you? Do you keep up a good front but actually struggle to be real? Do you find it hard to show emotion in front of other people? Do you kind of live life just trying to keep it all together? Do you have like like I used to be, you know, I'm the strong one. I don't need anybody. I'm tough. I can do it. I can do it. I hear so many people when you go to help them go, no, it's okay, I can do it. I can do it. Ooh. Do you find it difficult to ask for help? Do you minister to others but find it hard to be ministered to yourself? Do you wish other people wouldn't keep looking like they've got it all together? And do you sometimes look down on people that express deep emotion as being immature or out of control? You know, when we do these things and we have these little stones in our heart, it manifests in many different ways. It manifests in our relationships. It manifests in our health, in families. It refuses love and intimacy. We hurt others. People don't want to come close because we got our walls up. In marriages, the inability to share weaknesses leads to communication breakdown. So many marriages I know today, they don't even kind of talk together, you know, because they're carrying hurt and resentment and offense. People, it's time to get real. It's time to pour out the bottle. 
and let the Holy Spirit come fill us. It's time to recognize that you're not a son or a daughter of this kingdom, but you have been adopted by the Spirit of the Lord into the kingdom of God. You are a daughter. 2 Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all (laughs) where we teach means all. It doesn't mean some, it means all. Therefore, if anyone, that is you, is in Christ, he is a new creation, that is you. All things have passed away. In God's eyes, they're dealt with, they're done, they're gone. Behold, all things have become new. When you go trying to bring up the things of your past, it's like walking into a graveyard and digging up a corpse and trying to breathe life back into it. All things have passed away. Let them go. Let them stay in the grave. And let us become the new creation. Hmm. There are two twin weapons for healing our hearts and helping us um, come into the understanding and the reality more of being an adopted son and daughter of God. One of these weapons is forgiveness. The other is repentance. Number one, I think repentance comes first. That, that we need to acknowledge, I've messed up. I've messed up sometimes big time, sometimes small. But God, I've messed up. I recognize that I'm keeping people at a distance. I'm recognizing that I'm still gossiping about people. I recognize that, that there's people that just itch for a scratch and I bite the wrong way. I recognize, God, that I keep you at a distance because I don't actually really want to let go of my protection. And today the Lord says to you, it's time to pour out the bottle. It's time to empty yourself of all that dead garbage that needs to go back into the grave and get covered up. Let's not dig it up anymore because all things have become new. The other thing is our forgiveness. Also, repentance doesn't just mean saying sorry. Repentance is like going this way and saying, okay, I've made a mistake, that's wrong. I'm now going to go this way. It means that you don't even keep going in the same direction. It's a complete turnaround. So you can't even see the old way anymore. It's a complete flip, a complete turnaround. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Now if we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I'd like to just do we've got about 10 minutes here so I'd like to just pray with you guys uh, just corporately 
I believe that God can come corporately. I don't need to lay hands on you. It's not me that does it. It's Holy Spirit that does it. And I believe today that there are people that that the Lord wants to um, bring from a spirit of um, an orphan into the recognition of being a daughter and a son. You up for that? So if you'd like that, then come to the front. I'll count to three. One, two, three. Let's go. In Ezekiel, the word says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove from your heart a heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Just cry it in. We're family. Come on, brothers and sisters together. Cry it in. Everybody else still sitting there? This is for everybody, guys. This isn't just for one or two. If you want to go deeper with God, this is your chance to let it go. I ask God to fill me every day, all day. It's not a one-off. Just cry it in. Come in forward. Let's get nice and close. Too long have we as church been separated. We're family. I'm not scary. You can come closer to me if you want. Okay. Let's just close our eyes. Holy Spirit, come. We give you permission. We give you permission, God, to release the spread of revelation right now. The spread of revelation that that reveals to us God that we are no longer slaves of fear, but we are a child of God. That I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. I'd like you just to repeat after me. Father, forgive me for hardening my heart. Forgive me for the walls that I have kept people out of. Forgive me for keeping you out. Come, Lord. Soften my heart. I give you permission. Come and take the walls down. Take this heart of stone. And give me again a heart of flesh. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you um, particular people that, that have hurt you or circumstances where you were made to make a decision that caused you to harden your heart. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you will reveal to each one a particular situation or a decision that had to be made that caused a hardening of the heart. 
or a person that has hurt them or wounded them deeply. the bottle guys I want you to forgive release that circumstance or that person I want you to release forgiveness to them and ask God's forgiveness for them also Lord, I ask you for these ones that you love, that you will come, Holy Spirit, right now. And God, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of a stony heart. I break the power of every hook that has been put within them, Lord, that has held them bound. I break the power of every lie that has been spoken over them, that has called them anything other than than a son and a daughter of the living God. I break over them, God, any false misconceptions concerning you as their daddy. The Holy Spirit, I ask you now for the spirit of revelation to come, for your presence to come and to begin to soften, to reform, to redeem that heart within them, God. That you, God, would replace truth for lies I want you to think about the lie that you believed in that situation and I want you just to say right now I break agreement with this lie in Jesus name and I accept the truth of who you say that I am so I want you to ask the Lord God, who do you say I am? What do you say about me? What is my identity? Who do you say I am? So come Holy Spirit, give that divine exchange of truth in place of lie. More God. Thank you, Father, that as we pour out before you, that you come and that you fill. That you fill the overflowing. And that when you fill us, God, it's not just to the top. You never put on a lid. (laughs) You fill us with your joy and with your strength and with your power. You give us oil for healing. You give us wine to rejoice in. And you keep pouring it on, pouring and pouring. So I just bless you guys today to know the, the filling of the Holy Spirit.
the fire of his presence, the wine of his joy poured out upon you, and the oil of healing that would continue to permeate, saturate, barbecue, marinate every part of your lives. In Jesus' name, amen.